Gen X Brian here from Convincing Idiots. We're sharing this clip from a recent show in case you're looking for a little bit of idiot time but don't have time for a full episode. You can find full episodes and new clips every week on all major podcast platforms. While you're there, give us a follow or subscribe. Full episodes and segment videos can be found on our YouTube channel at Convincing Idiots. You can also watch us on the Boss Code Media TV Network. We hope you enjoy and hope to see you back. Hi, this is Aaron from Blake Insurance. You're listening to Convincing Idiots Podcast. I'm convinced. Call it again. Convincing Idiots. Convincing Idiots. Call it ham gravy. (laughs) I informed them that I sided with the stat man, not just anyone's opinion, the stat man Brian Fisher. Kids... Today, yeah. Jingle All the Way is in fact the best Christmas movie of all time. I need to get Grandma a present <laughs> and my herpes is flaring up. <laughs> I got it. Mm-hmm. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> I'm the Millennial Santa. Three friends representing three different generations. That's our whole shtick. That's our thing. Mm-hmm. Nick got the whole poop. Mm-hmm. I'm standing Ball's in the Asian. sea breeze <laughs> holding a turd just... Mightily. I'm just going hitting hats. <laughs> anyway, on a lighter note, uh, four, three. Welcome back to Convincing Idiots. A lot of video, movie moments, TV, different things as a kid can scare us, right? So, now I've been scared, uh, Nick, watching some of Dean's like home movies. You know, Dean is a young lad. Pretty frightening. You ever seen any of these? Mm-mm. Yeah. S- scary. I bet. Very scary. Yeah, so... I can imagine. It's very... Sure. It, it, it's, you know, those type of moments where, you know, it can, can stick with you and hang on with you for several, several years, you know? So, um, I, I've had similar moments watching some different movies and things as a kid to where... You know, it could have been a weird moment or a scary moment in a movie or a television show, or getting could have been extra sad or something like that, to where it just has that residual effect and it pops in your mind even at random if you see something that reminds you of it. And certainly if you go back and watch the source material again, you, you sometimes you can have those exact same feelings even as an adult of you know what you know, anxiety and dread or whatever it might happen to be. So um saw this as a feed on a, on a Facebook question or something like that. I thought it was an interesting topic here. So that's going to be our main segment this evening. Traumatizing moments in movies or shows or something as a kid that still sticks with you today. <clears throat> you don't have to give your complete list or anything like that. Maybe we just kind of go round robin here and... Just name something. Like I said, I don't care if it's a television show or a movie; doesn't really matter. But uh, so, Nick, why don't we start with you? So, does, is there is there one that comes to mind to where it's like, you know, again, just still hangs on with you today? Yeah. So I'm Nick, just gonna yeah. Of Harry Styles, you know, touched you so much. Which performance touched me so much? Oh, geez, that's. <laughs> That's tough. There's oh, I can't see. That's that's not a good. That's not good for this because there's not one that sticks out. Like sure. it's not like a okay. 
Well, um, then let's just stick to movies or TV. Yeah, I'm going to start with the most glaring example of the thing that I have always cited as my biggest and greatest fear. Uh, Haley Joel Osment. Um, so, the sixth what? sense um, <laughs> horrified me. I thought you just um, talked about his face. Yeah, no, yeah, it is his face. His face okay. is a child. It's less okay. alarming now. It's still weird because it looks the same but adult like. Um, <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? Yeah. Haley yeah. Joel Osment. So, I'm going to start with the sixth sense, right? The sixth sense was the one that just weirded me the fuck out as a kid. Um, yeah. It just, it's a great movie, it's a fantastic movie. Um, but it just really weirded me out and it just, it, I, I, I was, I don't know how else to say it. I was just shook when I saw it. I was just like, after I had seen that movie, it really hung with me and I just, I don't know what it was. I, it's, it, the kid's face, it's his face. It's the way he, it's his <laughs> delivery with things and it's mm-hmm. his face. I don't know what, uh, there's no good logical way to say it, but he just gives me the fucking willies. I don't know what it is. Sure. It's the heebie jeebies. I don't like it. And I would like to pile on that with also adding uh, Artificial Intelligence, the movie that he was in, AI, uh, mm. a few years after. That may have actually been creepier than The Sixth Sense because he was like this little boy he robot. He was creepier and it was than the alarming. robot. Yeah. Mm. He, right. well, he was, yeah, it's, he was the, he was a robot. He was oh, like, okay. He was this, he was uh, an artificial child for a family that could not have children. And he was just, you know, obviously being a robot, he didn't have the, he lacked social cues and things like that where he was just fucking weird. And as he is in everything, it's fucking weird. So, like, sure. uh, yeah. Um, to this day, I don't really like to, like, watch movies of childhood Haley Joel Osment in it because it freaks me out. <laughs> so, right. sure. Yeah. Sure. Next. Also. Makes sense. That makes sense. Very good. Is Dean a robot? Dean is not finely tuned enough to be a robot. <laughs> yeah, no right. shit. If I'm a okay. robot, we have not developed enough uh, AI technology because, yeah. like, if this is the end result, we fucked up. Okay. Um, all right, so I want to go. I want to go with um, my first memory of television touching me. The way where did it like? <laughs> Right here. Um, no, I show I me was, on the beer can where the TV touched you. <laughs> and touch me here in the privates. Uh, no, uh, I was probably uh, sophomore in high school. Uh, the television show NYPD Blue uh, mm-hmm. was raging on. Um, Jimmy Smiths had had taken over. And he was, you know, ratings were up, but for some reason, uh, Jimmy Smith was leaving. Mm-hmm. And they decided to write him off in such a beautiful way. It was a, it, they wrote him off as in he, he developed like a, a, like an illness that they didn't, they never explained in the North should they have. Um, it was just an illness that like caught real quick and it just, Fired up. He was married to one of the other detectives, and she was like, um, all distraught. But like Dennis Franz, his partner, was there. Um, it was honestly the first thing that I remember in TV to make me cry, mm. hands down. I I remember 
standing in my in my bedroom in the basement of my uh, my parents' house, just on missing a, on a two <laughs> on a Tuesday night. Well, I did, I, I did. That was another thing. I I had clients and and the whole deal. But for this night, it was a Tuesday night. ABC. I'm literally, you know, normally any show you're kind of sitting back watching. I was standing. I was standing in front of the television, crying, watching Jimmy Smith's. Per- uh oh. I was watching. I'll repeat it. I was watching Jimmy Smith's performance of him dying, and Dennis Franz. And Dana Delaney's performance, you know, dealing with that, I, I was a mess. And, like, I was, you know, in high school, you know, like, nothing gets to me, yada, yada, yada. It broke me. Like, it, I, that's the first memory I have of television or any media, movie, period, mm. fucking breaking me. To tears, not just like tearing up. Like I had tears streaming down my face watching Jimmy Smith's dying in that bed with Dennis Franz and Dana Delaney next to him. That is like one of my heaviest moments of television. So, hmm. yeah, hey, that's All right. it. Very good, excellent. Uh, I'll give you one here. So, as a as a child, I remember seeing the the trailer for The Exorcist, and as it is a kid, that it just creeped me out. And I remember, I still it sticks in my head today. The seeing the trailer for The Exorcist, I went to bed that night, and I was never afraid of the dark. I always had the lights out and all that, but that particular evening. I insisted my mom keep the lights on because that trailer freaked me out so much. And then I I stayed away from that movie for years. I don't remember you didn't when go I finally see it in theater. No, no. I was a young kid then when that trailer was out. This is like early seventies when that movie was okay. out. Um, I can't remember when I worked my, but it was one of those things to where that already was in my head to where that. Uh, as it, I'm sure it was a teenager or something when I finally worked up the bravery in my head to watch the movie, and it still creeped me out. And even now, that that is one of the creepiest movies. In that movie, I have a couple questions. Go ahead. First of all, yep. did you watch it with a friend or were you alone? I don't even. Re- I'm sure I must have watched it with people. I don't really remember okay. the first time I watched it. Because it was such a again, so it's something I had to kind of work up. Because to, like it's a, you were already it's, scared of it, right? I doubt I would have watched it alone for the first time. I, I would sure. doubt I would have done that. Uh, but watching the movie, just the the flashes of the demon Pazuzu, the demon, yeah, which I learned later was actually just a, it's a it's a it's a female actress with the it's, it's you know it's all it is mm-hmm. it's movies, but the scenes of that just the flash of like the you know, the demons fake just creep me the hell out even to where I, when i see that face today it's still frightening to me so that just had such an impression on me as a kid and even now i don't watch that movie very often i even own a copy it's not one i work in every if i'm sitting home alone 
That's not gonna a Halloween the movie you're gonna put on. <laughs> I'm not gonna throw in the Exorcist just by myself because it's it's okay. too it's still too creepy today. It's something I'll watch with friends and that's fun. It's enjoyable there. And share those moments. Did of, you when you see it in the theater? <laughs> I saw when they re-released it. Right. They had they added extra uh, footage to it, so they had the the scene when she walked down the stairs backward. That that creeped me the, the hell out. That was the first time. Everything seen else, that, that, garbage. Yeah. yeah, that was creepy. Well, she walked in her hand like uh, the crack. Yeah, that, high, that was that was cool. The steps. Yeah, that was weird. That was the only scene that needed to be added. I got chills to talk about right now, right now. So it still has that impression upon me. So I've, that's it. I'd watched uh, The Exorcist, you know, by myself or you know, with friends or whatever. It was very scary, very fun. And I told my oldest sister who hadn't seen it, Dawn, and she's like, oh, I would never see it. I'm like, all right, well, oddly enough, it's coming up in theaters, re-released. I'm like, all right, let's go see it, you and me. So we did. And all of these uh, added scenes took away from the movie. It took away from, like, the scariness. Yeah, other than that, that creepy scene. But yeah, I agree with you. That was the only thing. Is like she walked away going, "Is that it?" I'm like, "Well, fuck." No, it, it's creepier if you would have seen it originally. So yeah. it ruined that. But like, yeah, the walking downstairs is the only scene that like mattered in the yeah. re-released. I agree. So by the way, this 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 year, uh, I think it's in October, sequel to. The Exorcist comes out. We should go see it. There you go. Oh, wow. Let's do it. Yep. So that's mine. That's my first one, The Exorcist. Nick, do you have another one? I do. I have um, a movie that I dearly love. It's one of my favorite childhood movies. However, there is a scene in it that gives me the absolute heebie-jeebies. I love the movie The Dark Crystal. Uh, I think it was Mm -hmm. made in like 85 or 2. It was made in 82, I think. Um, But it was a Jim Henson, Frank Oz thing. And... uh, Fantastic movie, very imaginative, just still to this day holds up, incredibly done. Great story, um, you know, great effects. But there are um, these characters, the Skeksis, they're the evil ones that took over the land. And, and, and there's a lot of actually like dark undertones to that movie. There's a lot of like creepier shit going on. But there is one scene in particular in which uh, the, the one Skeksi who has been banished from the rest of the clan. Um, because he tried to challenge for the throne, he lost, and then he was banished. So now he is trying to go after the heroes of the story and bring them back to the castle and kind of redeem himself. But in the meantime, he's trying to convey to, to them that he's a friend and he wants to help them and work with them and, you know, all this stuff. Um, and he starts talking to them and he starts to kind of gain their trust and they start to get leery of him and they're in this secluded little area of the forest and, and he starts they try to leave and he grabs the one character with his talon, his creepy little bird claw. And he's like, he kind of cuts him and he starts to run and he's like, stay, please, please. And he keeps like, stay, please. And he's like running after him. And he's like, it's just very creepy. I don't know. As a little kid, it just, it was something about it just invoked this reaction in me. That was, I was just, it was so unsettling. And I have that when I see, there's been movies and things like that where there is a theme of like this kind of a, a, a character that is kind of acting in a possessive way over someone where they're not free to leave or they're not free to, you know what I mean? And it's just, 
I don't know. I don't have any like personal history of anything happening to me, but I'm just like it just weirded me out. Like that he just sure was trying to lure them in, and then the second it didn't go his way, he flipped and started getting a little more aggressive, a little more needy, a little more desperate. And I was like, I just didn't fucking like it. It's to this day, I'm just like, I like Brian on this podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> please, please, <laughs> please come please. back next week, please. please. Uh, but actually, my kids both get weirded out at that point now because they love the Dark Crystal and then the uh, Netflix prequel series that they did um, the, that they made in present day. But uh, my kids love the Dark Crystal, but that scene also weirds them out. And I'm like, right? I said same one when I was your age. Same part. I just I don't like it. It just weirds me out. So yeah, <laughs> very good. Dean, do you have another one? Uh, yeah. Uh, as he was talking about it, I thought about uh, Pee Wee Herman's uh, Big Adventure. <laughs> Large Marge. <laughs> you guys know that scene? Uh, vaguely familiar, yeah. The, the, truck, the, the female truck driver picks him up and mm-hmm. uh, drives him to wherever, and... At the end, she's like, "Tell him large Marge sent you," and like her eyes bulge out, and it's it's like a yeah horror oh, scene, right. but it's so brief, like point fucking three seconds. You know what I mean? It's so brief, but you know now you're watching like ah, oh, that's fun, but as a kid, like oh, like it's it it was. <laughs> It was shocking. It would, so yeah, I'm large Marge in uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse is my uh, submission. Very good. Yeah, excellent. Nice. All right. So I saw this movie also as a kid. That's where that's where he's all coming from here. So I guess I don't keep saying I saw it as a kid. I guess, but uh, watching the original Alien for the mm. first time. Sure. The, the scene when the alien bursts out of the guy's stomach, that scene, you oh, knew... Oh, no. You, Not again. Yeah, you heard about it, you you know, you you know, whatever, but that was such a powerful scene. The effects at the time were... I mean, it's still amazing now, really, and I wouldn't realize until, you know, years later was uh, when they played out that scene in the movie the other actors did not know what was going to happen so when that thing burst out of the actors you know looked like it burst out of his stomach their reactions hello, were genuine. My hello my darling hello yeah, my right gen- time girl yeah genuine horror when everything when that alien popped out of his stomach and sat there just covered with blood and everybody's just <gasps> and then when it you know you, you know and scurried away it was like just ugh. So creepy and weird. There's a lot of scenes in that movie actually were very, very frightening and yeah. you know strange, especially for a young kid at the time watching. I think I saw it on Movie Channel or Star Channel. I'm sure is where I caught this, but uh, yeah, that scene today very powerful and creepy, burned in the brain today. Sure, so, yeah, very well done. Very well done movie. Obviously, it set the tone for several sequels and everything else. And the alien creatures are still. Very popular today. Yeah. Nick, do you have another one? I do. Uh, so we, I've talked about some things that definitely uh, scared me, but mm-hmm. I don't know what it was uh, about. You know, people that were making movies for kids in the '90s, but uh, <laughs> they had a real, a real talent for like, let's break these kids' fucking heart. Let's rip their hearts out right out. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Whether it was Bambi's mom, I'm just going to lump them all together. Yeah, Bambi, okay. Yes, so we're talking right. about trauma. 
Bambi's yeah. mom, Littlefoot's yeah. mom from the Land Before Time, and then the king daddy of them all, Mufasa from the Lion King. To this day, yeah. to this day, it is hard for I have to hold back tears when Simba goes up to him and he's nudging him and he's going, "Dad, wake up, wake up, Dad, wake up, get up, come on, wake up." It's just I don't know what it is. Even before I had kids, it was just so fucking heart wrenching to mm-hmm. see like this little cub that tried to come to grips with what he ultimately knew, really. You know what I mean? But not wanting it to be true and trying to get his dad to wake up and just like he's going to wake up and he's going to be okay and we're going to go home and it's going to be fine. And it's just, ugh, there's so many movies like that, like childhood movies that like they just, they kill the parent. Like, why? <laughs> just like, what is the it vendetta is. against the little child hero's parent? Like, why? I don't know. But it happens in multiple movies, like I said. But it's, it's just, uh, Definitely uh, Mufasa in The Lion King takes the cake, like the stampede. And like mm-hmm. I said, it's not necessarily the falling or the, you know, it happening, but it's Simba watching it and then going after the dust settles and trying to cling to some hope that his father is, in fact, not dead and he'll just get up and everything's going to be fine. It's so sad. It's so, yeah. so sad. So, Absolutely. yeah, that's definitely a traumatizing. I mean, traumatizing. When I think traumatizing, I think a little more on the fear based side but definitely like as it just i don't know it's sad it's still like i said it's still sad to me to this day so yeah Dean, what makes you sad or afraid causes you um, trauma <clears throat> again i i heard about you know i read this when you guys are going to do this and i didn't know there's i don't have like a things like traumatize me like like just kind of like life in general over time kind of deal <laughs> Right. <laughs> but, like, there are those episodes that, like, stick with you, that haunt you, that, um, like, NYPD Bloom, Jimmy Smith's death. Um, again, my next submission is the death in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, her mother. The episode was called The Body. It was in 2001. And what made this different than everything else, every other fuck thing on TV is there was no s- soundtrack. There was no music, nothing. You know, ma, 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 or da, 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 nothing. There was absolutely no music to this episode. Um, the episode is where Buffy finds that her mother dies of a, a brain aneurysm. Not a vampire, not any sort of supernatural thing. She finds her mother dead in the living room of a brain aneurysm. And the whole episode is a continuous shot. And nothing, not like a continuous shot of like the the camera, but there's no music at all. It is just... This teenage girl who normally deals with uh, vampires and have to stake them and kill them in blood and guts and gore. This episode is about her dealing with the trauma of her mother randomly dying Mm. of a brain aneurysm. And they put no sound to it. It's so silent and most 
of the episode. And I think there's only one, like, very, very small fight scene. It's just... It's it's brilliant. Hmm. It's the body episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is brilliant TV. And when watching that, that's always just hit me. Again, not of like, oh my God, it shook me. It, I just, I saw what TV can do. Yeah. Saw what storytelling can do in that genre. And magnificent. So it's good. Yeah. The body episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think it was episode. I don't know. Just look for the body. Yeah. Whatever. Always do. So. That's right. I know you do. That's right. <laughs> Very good. I'll I'll kind of stick with the TV just for a minute here. Um, well, I, I'm not going to name specifics. You know, DM Mash is playing those episodes and stick with you. You know, from the Colonel Blake dying in the in the helicopter to the, some of the various series. So that that Mash that series in general had a plenty of hang with you moments uh even the finale still sticks with, stick with me is it even today um but as a kid one thing that really creeped me out as a kid the six of the old original six million dollar man series the great uh, lee majors as colonel steve austin you can find these out there on streaming there was an episode with maskatron so maskatron were these androids okay and this state this really did a creepy to where they would take they would take their face off. So the androids would take, or the face, get, and it was just a, look these up, trust me. It's just a, <laughs> ho, it's just a dark circle. It's a human, human, you know, it's a robot, but it was just a dark circle with wires and like an eye or something really weird like that. It just, as a kid, freaked me the hell out seeing these fucking maskatron. I wound up getting a, a mask. I asked for it specifically, maybe because in a weird way, I don't know, but I want to overcome the fear. I got a maskatron action figure as a kid. Well, you're Christmas. a masochist. Maybe. <laughs> well, I come back and do this show every week, right? So that's maybe that's something to that. True. No, it's, just, it's just one of those creepy moments as a kid watching with my parents, and I remember seeing, it's, it's in my brain right now. There was a woman that turned around or something like that. It was an actress that turned around and just had that fucking dark oval Side of her with head. the wires and the fucking yeah. eyeball. I'm just like, what in the fuck? It's, it still creeps me out today. Six million God. dollar man. <laughs> Maskatron. I was about, it was probably early 70s. I was a young, young Brian uh, at, at that point. Young lad. Pre-mustache, pre pre-mullet era. Wow. Yes. Going way yeah, back. PMM. Mm. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Nick, do you have any other ones? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, stick with TV as well. And uh, this one proves that you don't have to be a child to be traumatized by something. Well, um, sure, <laughs> this is uh, relatively recent within the last <laughs> decade here. Um, I've often talked about my love for Game of Thrones, and I think I've talked about this specifically. I've never been so shocked and appalled by an episode of TV and what had just transpired, and wished that I could have just. Started my day over like it didn't happen. Like that would make it just not happen. Then when the red wedding happened in Game of Thrones. Um, mm. So again, spoiler alert, I don't know, it was season two or three or something like that. Um, but just, you know, Game of Thrones, fantastic TV. It's probably the best show I've ever seen. But it's like, 
this, I think I've discussed it briefly before, but essentially the story arc is the, the family that is still reeling from the loss of their father, husband, king, lord, leader of the house, whatever that is, you know, lost at the end of the first season. Um, they are, it seems like the story arc is taking you to a place where they're collecting themselves and they're mounting the comeback, right? This is like, they're going to, I mean, the good guys are going, you know, these are clearly the good guys, the heroes of the story of all of this craziness that is happening. And these are the good guys, and this is the beginning of their rebellion, their mounting of, you know, uh, uh, righting the wrong that has been done to them and to their house, right? Um, and then it all just comes undone so wildly. Like, it's just they're ambushed and they're tricked, and the 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 soon-to-be or the, the uh, guy that was... The one child that is now the king of this kingdom is killed. They kill his wife and unborn child in the womb in front mm. of him, like slice the mom the, in the stomach with the unborn child in there. I mean, behead his mom, like the whole fucking... It's just a... It's called the Red Wedding. It is an absolute bloodbath. Sure. They just mm. decimate the entire family. And you're like, what in the fuck just happened? Like, I still recall when I saw it, and I was, I'm just like, Full on, just mouth, just jaw to the floor, like just sure, sheer shock and awe. And by this point, I mean, if I would have read the books first, I would have known this was coming. But sure. at this point, I went back and read the books after watching um, the the television television series. But like, it was just, I was kind of glad it happened that way because it was truly like it should have been. You, you can't replace that. Oh fuck! Like I had no idea this was coming. And holy shit, it caught me off guard. I mean, it completely right. just, where do you go from here? Like, it was just one of those unbelievable moments. So um, traumatizing, too, as you can be as an adult watching a television show that you know is not real. But absolutely just completely uh, just decimated everything and just completely, like, full-on shock to the system. I, like, couldn't believe it. Devastated. Hmm. So That's yeah. a good one. Yep. Dino? Any, got any, more? any more Dean? Um uh does it count when Alf got caught? No. Well, if, it, if it bothered you, sure. <laughs> it did bother me. It made an imprint. I mean it did yeah. it, did it did still something that bugged no. you that's impressionable to you? Yeah. No, it was a horrible ending. Um uh, <laughs> actually yeah. I don't really have <laughs> You know, because I wasn't prepared for this. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, and this is different. Does it doesn't stop you any other time? Like it's right. whatever. Right. I am. I've really been. Uh, what really uh, broke me was like the last episode of Convincing Idiots, where Nick and Brian thought they were like so funny and so cool, and I. The the audience, of course, <laughs> of course, knows knows they weren't, but you know it still was upsetting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep, traumatizing. So, traumatizing. Yeah, it's like so when Brian, you think you're going to do a podcast with just your best bud Brian, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> 15 minutes, this fucker really shows up. That's traumatizing. Yep. Yep. Should have sent the link. Should have sent the link straight to Nick versus the group chat. Fair enough. You'll Don't know so better next anyone. time, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I know it's. I know it's getting late here. I'll give you 
two rapid fires and one more, and then Nick, if you have any other ones here, All right. real, real quick here. So mm-hmm. rapid fire scanners, 81, the, the scene everybody talked about, the guy's head blows up as one of the, uh, at the time, it was very good special effects. Some guy was like a mind reader or whatever. Anyways, he was sitting there and he kind of just jumped around. You might know the scene. If not, look it up. It still kind of holds up today, and a guy's head on just explodes, which was like, wow. First time seeing anything that graphic in a movie. That scene definitely stuck with me. There's a just a creepy movie in general. 1979, the great Chuck Connors, uh, kind of a 70s action movie type. He was also in Airplane 2. Anyway, Oh, tourists. yeah. Yeah, you got yeah the guy that spits and blows up the anyway right. tourist. I think they remade it, but tourist trap, tourist trap. Mannequins themselves are already creepy. The premise of this movie was to you know people broke down in the wrong place, wrong time type of deal, and they stumble across this guy. It, it, whatever, but in this compound that he has, it's just all these mannequins, tons of mannequins. It kind of creeps these people out. You come to find out he's taking people and somehow converting them into sort of like living type mannequins. He wears, he runs around and wearing this like mannequin looking creepy mask, super creepy, weird. Watched it on cable as a kid, freaked me out. Still impressionable today. And one movie as a kid that maybe you guys can relate to as well. That was, had a lot of traumatizing moments as a child that was like i can't believe i'm watching some of this stuff here uh all the way back in 1980 the empire strikes back watching this movie in the theater as a kid here okay you had a few things in this movie again this is me as a young kid now in 1980 i'm you're talking i'm like 11 12 years old as a kid watching this in the theater you had the scene where Luke's in the swamp with his training with Yoda. He sees the Vader image, beheads him, and the head rolls over sees and himself. blows up. And there's Luke's head there. That was a whole creepy yeah. scene. You Definitely a darker the, side of Star Wars. Like you hadn't seen something that it, kind of creepy, eerie like before. Definitely was. The whole carbonite scene with Han, I couldn't believe that actually that happened. It was like, he's going to get out of this. No. Bring him up, falls over, and see that that first scene of, of Han frozen in the carbonite with the, they, they filmed it. It was such a beautifully shot film anyway, but, you know, with the light and he's, you know, the, the painful look on his face and everything like that in the carbonite. You all know what it looks like if you're a remote Star Wars fan. That was just scary and weird. Like, I, I can't, they froze Han Solo. What, what's going on? What's happening? And then they thought, surely they're going to catch him. Sure. And, and you know, Boba Fett's wheeling him on the Slave One. They're going to save him. He gets out of there. Ah, okay. They're going to, they're going to get him. Everything's going to be fine. No, as we, as we know, the, the movie ends. It sort of has a little bit of hopefulness or whatever, sure. sort of weird. It's like, what what is happening? What's going on? How do they end the movie this way? The fuck and yeah. as a, it did. As a kid, I'm like, I can't, I, 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 what, what happened? What's going on? What's happening with Han Solo? What's that? And, you, and you're, you're just stuck. You're stuck then. You get like two or three years to know. That's what exactly happened. what it was. I was in like sixth grade at the time. 
and I had to wait, you know, what, three, four years yeah. An to eternity. wait to see what the hell happened to Han Solo. Right? Yeah, yeah. So as a, as a child watching that as as it as it played out, you know that was uh, again a very traumatic uh, movie. When I see those scenes right. again, even today as an adult, it's like wow. You just sort of again you go back and reflect upon when you watch that as a kid for the first time again. But that's what makes it one of the best uh, uh, Star Wars movies, arguably even to this day, as we've talked about several times. So yeah. That's what I got. So like we can talk about probably many more of these here. Nick, do you have any final ones, uh, sir? Um, I'm going to keep it brief because it's actually very, very real and very, um, this is like not a funny thing or like, a, oh, ha, ha, yeah, I remember that. It's funny. Um, I, uh, just real quick, this actually trauma, like in the moment, I remember being like, this is what traumatizing is. I was a little kid. I don't know what age, but I remember being in our living room floor and I was actually playing with some Star Wars figures. I remember mm-hmm. this very vividly. Um, my parents, I think they were watching a documentary or something like that. Um, I don't think they certainly did not know I was paying attention to the TV. Otherwise, I can't imagine they would have watched this in front of me. But it was a documentary on this doctor who had gained this obsession uh, with a woman of, that was a patient of his. She had passed away. Uh, he went and, like, dug her body up and, like, kept it. You know, like, knew how to keep it. Uh, you know, preserved and would like live with her as like a made up, like it was like his wife and he would do things with her and he would set her up for dinner and just, I I mean, I was little, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I was just in the floor playing with my Star Wars figures and just kind of looking up and I'm like, what's going on? And that's when I learned what what necrophilia was and it's learned what I, what I, yeah, I mean, it was uh, this guy that was, he was a doctor. He grave robbed this. I don't know what story this is. Um, but like hmm. I said, it's not like a haha funny thing. It it actually happened, and I was legitimately freaked out. Like I was afraid. Sure. I was definitely past the point of like sleeping in my parents' room, but like I was afraid to be in a room alone for a little bit because I was just like I don't know what it just weirded me out. But that like legitimately in that moment like traumatized me. Like I was just like, what the hell is? Why would somebody do that? Why would something like this just? So unthinkable to my little kid mind of what I could comprehend what this story was. But yeah, that was mm. there it is. Bam. Heavy shit. Right there on the end. Wow. Bookend. Serious shit. Sure. Yeah. Dean, what's your Man. deepest, darkest fear? I don't know if I can <laughs> fucking top that. <laughs> and it's almost well, fucking you know, midnight, so well <laughs> Well Megan has said to Nick that you know it's it's not unlike sleeping with the dead. In some right. respects, <laughs> yeah, smells, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. sounds, yeah. yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, you could not restart the heart of that man's wife. It sounds no. like Nick, no. but uh, you. That can. was the weirdest thing too. It wasn't even his wife. He was just obsessed with her. He wasn't like no. she was a patient. He was like not right. intimate with this girl while she was alive. It's weird. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Well, you couldn't restart her heart, but you no. could. You could restart. I, 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 I'm trying to figure a clever segue, and I, I'm, trying, I'm losing it. You here, got so. two copies to figure it out. Too. Yep. Yeah, that's all right. So, uh, a heart that does live on. How about that? There you go. I like okay. that. Okay. Okay. A heart that does live on with mm-hmm. vibrant life and energy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Is the heart within Golden Heart Tattoo our our partners mm-hmm. over there. So if you're looking for 
Uh, maybe you want to get a tattoo of, of something that traumatized you when you were younger as a way to sort of embrace your fear. You know what I'm saying? Balls. Yeah. <laughs> embrace your fear, something like that. Right. Uh, so go check them out if you're in the Norton, Ohio area. You can find them on Facebook at uh, Golden Heart Norton. Give them a call at 234-706-2982. And find them online at Golden Heart Tattoos. Dot com. Scott Oswald and his partners have done work on all of us here. Uh, I'm getting the itch for another Twilight Zone tattoo. I think I'm going to sort of keep working on the sleeve here a little bit and contact Scott here very soon myself here. So go check them out. Golden Heart. I'll see him tomorrow. I'll tell him you want an appointment. Yeah, I'll, I'll look him up. Absolutely. What are you getting tomorrow? What are you getting? I uh, get more work done on my arm finishing off that, that one. So. Okay. Yep. Obviously, you're getting the Convincing Idiots logo. Absolutely. Course. What else would you get? What else would anyone get? What, what, else, what, is right. the, what else is there? Just checking. Yep. Check. Just checking. <laughs> it, yep. Okay. Guys, great episode. Great stuff. Y'all so, are awesome. awesome. That's right. I'm feeling, you know, Nick, if it's, maybe the outro... Something that maybe is maybe is there a character or something that maybe traumatized you or tied somehow to this conversation Freddy that you want to maybe maybe embrace your fear. There's something that you scared you. You want to embrace the fear, overcome the fear in part by uh, uh, making that character okay. perform our outro. How about that, sir? Well, a lot of people are really <laughs> afraid of. Jerk it off in public, so let's go with Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> okay, here's what we're gonna do. We could sit around and talk about necrophilia all night, or I could tell you where you can find Convincing Idiots online. That's right. <laughs> go ahead and head on over to Convincing Idiots Link Tree. What's that? What was it? You're pretty Link good. Tree. That's the word of the oh. day. Ah! Link Tree. That's right. Head on over to Convincing Idiots Linktree. Just type into Google L-I-N-K-T-R-E-E and there you're going to find all of the links to all of our social media accounts. And there you can like and subscribe, rate, and review. (laughs) You can also find all that information on our website convincingidiots.wordpress.com And there you can find all that and so much more. So, for this episode of Convincing Idiots, I am your Millennial Nick. <laughs> I'm Zaniel Dean. Gen X Brian. Have we convinced you to join us for more traumatizing experiences? 